Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Denise, and here at Hope in Christ, we are healthy overcomers, purpose with an eternal perspective. Hope in Christ Ministries is a devotional podcast, blog, Christian blog ministry, as well as a Christian book club. We thank you for joining us. Let's open with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin today's show. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise your name, O God, for you alone are the living one. You are the living God. You are the creator of our being, O God, and we pray, Father God, that you will speak to us today through your word, O God. Hide me behind your cross, Lord God. You be lifted up, O God. You draw us unto you, Lord God. Your word declares that if we return to you you return to us father god so we pray father god for a world a world a nation a people that will return to you dear lord in jesus name amen welcome back to today's show today we'll be talking about the divine call of god the divine call of god we will use some examples from scripture and then we will talk about key points of when God calls us with his divine call of course we will start with father Abraham and that's in Genesis chapter number 12 and it says in chapter 12 verse 1 it says the Lord has said to Abram Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Verse 6, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse 8. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord which we know as the existing one or the self-existent one so that was Father Abraham the call of God the divine call of God on Father Abraham now we're going to look at Moses in Exodus 3 9 through 14 God speaks to Moses And there's a divine call 
upon his life. And so it says, Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. This is God speaking. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, you, Moses, to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel. And I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So we've read about Moses. We've read about Abraham. And now we're going to take a look at one more which is Paul or Saul at the time in Acts 26 13 through 8 God um, has a divine call upon Apostle Paul's life and it says about noon King Agrippa as I was on the road I saw a light from heaven Brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions, we all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord replied, now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So, we have looked at or read or listened to three individuals who God called with a divine call. So the points that we're going to talk about and focus on here are a few, a few things. One, there's a separation, a set-apartness about these individuals. Two, there is an obedience where they obeyed God. Three, there was a surrender of their will for the will of God. And then four, God's power was in all of it. 
So let's look at Abraham. Let's look back at Abraham and let's point out the different things. So Abraham lived with his among his family in Hiram. And God told him, leave. Leave your country, your people, your father's house. And you're going to go to a place I will show you. So that's the separation. He was separated from his family, from what he was familiar with. And God called him to make him a great nation. There will be a great nation through him so that God could do the work and he would bless the entire world. And it said the people of the earth, the people of the earth would be blessed through Abram. So there was a separation of come out from among your family. And then it would have stopped there had Abram not been obedient. Had Abram not been obedient. And it says in verse 4 of chapter 12, it says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Now he brought Lot with him, but he went as the Lord told him. And he was 75 years old when he set out from Haran, from where he was familiar, from his father's house, from his family to somewhere he had no clue where he was going. He packed up his family, packed up his wife, he packed up his nephew and everything that he had. And he went, he went. To where God was telling him. Now granted this particular land. Wasn't the way God had shown it to him yet. So there was an obedience from Abraham. Abram. And then he, in order for the obedience to take place. There had to be a surrender of his will. Because if you think about it. You can imagine Abram saying, okay, God, um, I don't know anything about this place you're sending to me. And I'm leaving my comfort zone. And so there had to be a surrender of his will. And it was all done in God's power. As we continue and we read more and more about Abram, if we go further Reading about Abram, we know that God moved in his life. God moved, gave him a son, and 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 continued the blessing down to the son. And everything that God said, he he put in motion. He set in motion. Abram didn't see the complete fulfillment, but he saw the beginning of it. And so we have Abram, Father Abram. Then we get to Moses. We get to Moses in the book of Exodus. So in Genesis, and then we move over to Exodus. To where the promise is still in place. And Moses remembers the promise of God. And so now they're in bondage in Egypt. Now the promise of Abram. And now the people of Israel are in bondage in Egypt. And so Moses had been separated 
He had been, um, there was something unique about him. He was raised by Pharaoh's daughter and all of these things. And God had spoken to him. He had spoken to him through like where it looked like a bush that it looked like it was consumed with fire, but it wasn't. God spoke to him through that burning bush and told him the plan, the divine call he had for him to do to bring the people out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery into the land that he promised. And so that was that separation of Moses, his separation from the time he was born. He was set apart by God to do this work that God had planned for him. There was an obedience of Moses. Now, at first, there was reluctance because Moses had impeached a speech impediment where he, he, he struggled with his um, speech. and But Moses obeyed, even in the midst of going to Pharaoh, who we, when we read scripture, we see that the Pharaohs of the time thought themselves to be gods themselves. And so... Um, there was an obedience of Moses. There was a separation of, by God of Moses. There was an obedience of Mo- Moses. And Moses surrendered. He had to surrender to obey God. Surrender his will. And do what God was telling him. In the midst of his fears. In the midst of his fears. And it was God's power that caused Moses to go before the Pharaoh. Because as we read and we continue to read in the book of Exodus, if we go further into the scriptures in Exodus, we notice that the Pharaoh became very, 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 very agitated with Moses and began to threaten his death. And so we know it was the power of God that kept Moses during these times. And so there we have Moses. And then in the New Testament, so those two were in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we have one of my favorites, one of my favorites, Apostle Paul. Well, he was an apostle yet. Um, Where he had, if we know, we go back in scriptures, we know that he persecuted Christians. He killed them. He, he, you know, everything you think he could have done, Apostle Paul did. And God said to him in Acts 26, he said um, that I am Jesus. He's speaking to him. He he knocks him off his feet. He's in the midst of going to, to do something else to Christians. And Jesus knocks him off his feet and says, why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute me? Now, remember, he's persecuting Christians at the time. Jesus says, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And we know during those times they said they used that um, term um, as a sign of respect. And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. So he has seen and just encountered Jesus. And then he said, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes 
So when you come to them, the one who has killed, the one who has um, persecuted them, the one who, the one who has basically harassed them over and over and over. When I send you, they will know. They will know. And it says that he says that to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Because Apostle Paul had been under the power of Satan and he was turned and he was transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus goes on to say, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins in a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me, that they will for receive forgiveness. So, let's look at our points. Apostle Paul, a separation. Well, how did he, how was he separated? Of course, his, his life story was the things that he did. And then God called him out of that. He called him out of that, separated him from that so that he could use that and work it for his good. He was going to use it and work it so that people would see the transformation of God in Saul's life from Saul to Paul. And there was an obedience. There was an obedience. There was an obedience from him. And then... Of course, with the, the um, there had to be a surrender of his will because his will was, okay, I, I think I'm doing a good thing to kill him because they, they, they're not teaching the truth. But then he comes into an encounter with the truth, which is the, what has been taught by those um, Christians at that time. And then... We see God's power in Saul's life. We see his power. We see all of what Jesus did in his life. So that there will be a great testimony. So that there will be a great testimony of what God could do in the lives of his people in the lives of his people so we know and we understand that Apostle Paul wrote many many books in the New Testament and that shows God's power of transformation in his life in his life so let's look a little bit further as we read about Apostle Paul so we can really see the great divine call and the transformation in his life. It says, as we read further in um, chapter 26 and it's starting at verse 19, it says, So then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent 
and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day. So I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. That the Messiah would suffer and as the first to rise from the dead. Would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. And Apostle Paul continues. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul. He shouted, your great learning is driving you insane. And Apostle Paul responds, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. Paul replied, what am I saying is true? What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it is not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then King Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time, you can persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. Verse 30, the king arose and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them. After they left the room, they began saying to one another, This man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. So as we read, they are shocked, to say the least, to at Apostle Paul because he was again just killing Christians and now he's a Christian in this text that is a great demonstration of God's power so what are we saying here in order for others to know Christ in order for others to come to God there has to be a divine call that God calls many to him. Those of us that choose to disobey or choose to not come or we won't surrender, he will use someone else to draw people as he did with Saul or Paul to draw people to everlasting life, to redemption in Christ Jesus. And so we have to answer the call as Abram. He was the first part of the puzzle. And then Moses to bring them out of Egypt. And then after Christ had come, died on the cross, and rose with all power in his hand, then Apostle Paul would be called to go about plant churches, preach the gospel all over, all over the world where they were so that many would come to this truth, the truth 
of the one, the living one, the living one that spoke to Abram back in Genesis, the living one that appeared to Moses in the burning bush, the living one that called prophet Isaiah to go and prophesy, the living one who called for Joshua and everyone, those that he had called for to go into the land, the living one who said that sin causes um, the land to vomit out its inhabitants because he has called us to holiness. He's called us and set us apart to holy living and to be righteous in him. All that we and they have done, all that our forefathers, those who are spiritual ancestors, those that have taken the call, were called for such a time as to present Jesus and him crucified, the sacrificial lamb of God. That only him could take away the sins of the world. Because the word says that the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the shedding of the blood could cause remission. But only it was the blood of Jesus. Not my blood, not your blood, and our blood can't do anything. But if God be God, and he is, he had a plan from the beginning to redeem us. He knew, he knew that we would need to have an encounter with him. He knew that we would have to lay down our will for his will. He knew that we would have to be given the power to surrender in Christ, in Christ alone. So let us obey the call, the divine call of God to come forth so that many may be saved and set free. And one last scripture that is very, very important to the the obedience of that call is Romans 12, 1 through 21, but I'm only going to read the first part. It's in the English Standard Version, and it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body, in Christ and individually members one to another so as father Abraham was part of the body and he obeyed and he surrendered 
and Moses and Apostle Paul, so do we have to answer the call and present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the God who created it, the God who can set us free, the God who needs us to be obedient so that others can come to Christ. We have to obey. Such a great call upon our lives. God is calling us. He wants us to be separate. Making our points again. Be obedient. Surrender our will for his will. Not my will, but thy will be done. And he wants to do it in his power. He wants to take our struggles, our pain, and everything that we have experienced and turn it around as as he did with Apostle Paul, a murderer. He turned around and transformed his life. Transformed his life. And he will do the same for us as we surrender unto God. And obey the call that he has called upon our lives. In Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and we praise your name, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. Father, I pray that we would answer the call. Each and every one of us. Our duty as the part of the body, what shall we do? that others may come and seek after you and cry out, what must I do to be saved? Father, help us to use our testimonies to help others to see your power. Help us to surrender our wills for your will, O God, and through it all obey you for your love for us, your plan, everything, that you have for us is better than life itself. I thank you, O oh God, for helping us to obey you today, to walk in your divine will and not our own. It's in Jesus the Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in again to Open Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, um, I am an author, and you can pick up my books, Hannah's, Hannah's Hope and Representing God Youth Books, both for youth, on Amazon. Thank you for listening. Be blessed and hope in Christ. <music>